Good morning, Stonesies. Welcome to a brand new week. Pretty cool what's going on in Tasmania at the moment. We are now COVID-19 free as far as we know. Congratulations, everyone. Great job. week I uh, headed out of home for an early run. It was going to rain and I really wanted to beat the weather. I ran down to my local track and the minute I hit it the rain started. For 45 minutes I got rained on. I was cold, the raindrops lashed my face, the ground was mud. I had my glasses on and the water dripped down my face and down my glasses. I couldn't see anything for most of the run. When I went to wipe the water running off the end of my nose, it was into a soaking wet jersey. I wished I wasn't running. It just really sucked. Part of the sogginess of the run was kind of that it matched my week. My whole week had been like this. There's stuff going on in my life that feels muddy. There's not much solid ground. The environment of my heart has felt really foggy and cloudy and cold feel like I can't see God very well. My spiritual lenses kind of feel spattered and blurred. Watery eyes and a dripping wet end of my nose was a common occurrence this week. This week sucked. So today's reflection is simply an encouragement I felt from the scriptures this week. I know that when I am weak, God is strong. And thank goodness for that. And for that hope is all I can say. So I've been reading through the first couple of chapters of Colossians and as a whole this is really such an encouraging book. There were three things that stood out to me and I wanted to mention them for no other reason than just to encourage you too because it had for me. So the first thing that stood out is what God sees in us. In chapter 1 verse 21 Paul says, Once you were alienated or cut off from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behaviour, But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. In the Passion Translation, it says in this last section, And now there is nothing between you and the Father God, for he sees you as holy, flawless and restored. I don't know about you, but that God sees me like this isn't a knowledge or a reality that comes naturally to me. It's so easy when you're feeling down and low to project the image of yourself onto how you think God looks at you. When I feel disappointed in myself, I often assume God does too. When I feel angry or frustrated, I often find myself subconsciously assuming that I have to sort myself out before being in God's presence. When I feel burdened, I feel like I am a burden. There are so many times I have crawled into God's presence on my metaphorical knees just because I don't like myself and I can't imagine that God would think any differently. But no, these are lies that we tell ourselves. They are not the truth of the gospel of Jesus. Yes, there was once a time that our minds cut us off from God because of our sin, but not now. Now, because of the sacrifice of his own body, God sees us as he sees Christ, holy, flawless and restored. Did you catch that? God sees us as he sees Jesus. 
Later, Paul says, this is a divine mystery. It is. I find it really hard to grasp. That when Christ lives in us, that's who God sees. Not us and all our brokenness, but he sees Christ. Not the mirror that we hold up to ourselves, but a mirror of Christ. The truth of who Christ is, is how God sees us. Not broken, not unworthy, not hopeless. But whole, fully worthy of his love and relationship, and full of the expectation of hope and eternity. The second thing that stood out to me was the word contend. This word has actually been a bit of a COVID-19 theme for me. At the end of chapter 1 and beginning of chapter 2, Paul uses this word a couple of times. He says he contends strenuously with all the energy he has. He contends for the church. Why? The heart of his answer is that he contends with all he has so that the mystery of God, who is Christ, where all hidden treasures are, is known and understood. Later in verse 17, he says that reality itself is found in Christ, that everything else, what we wear, what we eat, what we drink, how we celebrate or socialise, how we do rituals or what we do as habits, that all of this is but a shadow compared with the reality found in Christ. He contends to bring this reality into view for as many as he can. To contend means to struggle or fight to overcome something. It has a real physical connotation to it of grappling or wrestling with something. And it makes me think again of the Old Testament story of Jacob who wrestles God and won't allow God to leave him without his blessing. In Colossians, Paul is saying that to understand the reality of Christ, we contend with all our might. That is, we grapple with our own selves, with our egos and our flesh to see and understand the reality that is found in Christ. I was awake in the middle of the night a few nights ago, just thinking and struggling with stuff. And this biblical image of contending in the picture of Jacob wrestling with God came into my mind. And I just thought, all right, God, let's contend. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm feeling about this person. This is what I'm feeling about you. This is what I'm feeling about me. I'm struggling with this and this and this. And I'm really sorry for this and that. I need you. God, please don't leave me in this mud. I need your help. I want to see through your eyes, but I can't. I need your heart of compassion, but I just don't know how. I need your love, so I've got something else to offer than my own hurt and disappointment. And so on. I was watching a, uh, a pretty terrible movie a few nights back, and its most memorable moment was the wisdom of a 14-year-old boy who said, You don't drown because you fall in a river. You drown because you stay submerged in it. He was talking about grief. But faith is a bit the same. You don't lose faith because you fall into doubt or brokenness or because you miss the mark. No. The fire of our faith dies because we don't contend with God, with our own brokenness, because instead we stay submerged in sadness or grief or pleasure or pain and we don't fight or grapple to see that Christ is more real than any of it, and that his presence in us changes everything. It already changed the way God sees us. The third thing that stood out was how this changes us. In chapter 3, verse 2, it says that when we set our minds on things above, on Christ, rather than things of the earth, or 
another way of saying this, is that when we contend with and put to death our own desires and choose to see the reality of Christ in us, our life then becomes hidden in Christ and we clothe ourselves in Christ's character. Christ's character, Paul goes on to say, is compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness. And binding them all together is love. We read earlier that what God sees when he looks at us is Christ. God knows that the best version of ourselves is the one hidden in the reality of Christ. That Christ is our life. So he says, go on then, you put on Christ like clothing because that's already the way I see you. Put on the socks of compassion and the t-shirt of humility and the, and the jeans of kindness and a beanie of gentleness and a scarf of forgiveness. And over the top of it all, put on the overcoat of love to bring it all together. And now that you've put Christ on, start living like you've got Christ on. And not only like a garment on the outside and what you do, but also on the inside. Be Christ. In verse 15, Paul says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Putting on Christ is both inside and out, head and heart, being and doing. I heard someone recently quote Rhys Howells, the great Welsh intercessor, who said that the best decision he made in his discipleship journey was that, and quote, I began to side with the Holy Spirit against myself. Discipleship is about becoming like Christ, clothing ourselves in Christ, letting the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. I want to encourage you as you continue your journey of discipleship. It is not always easy to see yourself the way God does, like a Christ one. It is a struggle to contend. Dying to self and putting on Christ's character takes courage and often loss. And then sometimes we just have soggy or sucky weeks or months. But this journey is also full to the brim of God's grace from its first moment until the last. And in that grace, in Christ, we find ourselves again. We find the joy of who we were made to be. We find our identity in God. We find our hope and we find our peace. Please pray with me. Father, we are so thankful that through Jesus you took all the brokenness of our own flesh and ego and died so we wouldn't have to. And now instead of seeing our brokenness, you look at us and you see Jesus standing in our place. Father, how I see myself is so often what can make things hard. Help me to contend with all my being, to hold on to the truth about the way you see me. Help me to decide, to wrestle, to put on Christ's character, to side with your Holy Spirit against myself. And may I learn to clothe myself in your character and let your peace settle over my heart. Amen. A final word from me for now. We are, as a state, emergent. We are beginning to poke our heads out of the deep underground and emerge from our holes and get together again and eat and visit and meet. Extracurricular activities are starting again and I've no doubt we'll be doing our big dinners again and may have even nearly had our last Zoom little church. Seems like a good time for me to bring this little weekly podcast to an end as we, for now at least, can see an end to being a community scattered as we move towards gathering together again. 
I've really enjoyed this little journey um, with all of you, my listeners. I've learned a lot, I've been challenged a lot, and I've been blessed through this a lot. Thank you for joining me and listening to God's voice over the last nine weeks. I'm pretty sure I'll be back, not sure when, but I'd like to do this again. Until then, many blessings to you.